Girlfriends, episode number 220. It's okay to not be okay. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week we are talking about continuing to cope in a time of coronavirus and how it's okay to not be okay. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for this newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If you are a longtime listener, I want to welcome you back and thank you for all the ways you support what we do here at Girlfriends. If you are a first-time listener, I want to welcome you. Thank you for giving us a try. Thank you for entering our community. I hope you're going to appreciate what we share here and become a longtime listener of the Girlfriends Podcast. So today we're going to continue. We've been talking a lot in recent episodes about COVID-19, about coping in a time of COVID-19, about finding peace in quarantine. This seems to be the theme of pretty much all the media I've been consuming. And honestly, it's what I need to be consuming. That's the kind of media that I need. Not necessarily media that's focused on the virus, like we've mentioned. It's got a death toll clicking on in the corner in your screen, but more the kind of media that's reaching out and connecting people. And that's what we've always been about here at Girlfriends. And let me tell you, this week, I need it more than ever. And that's why I decided to just continue with this topic. Originally, I was going to do something maybe a little more practical, some of my bullet pointed lists, you know, the kinds of things I like to share with you about being happy, healthy, productive, efficient, joyful, generous, humble, smart, all of those things that we want to do and be in the ways in which we're looking to improve ourselves in our lives, always growing in holiness inside of our vocations, especially as wives and as mothers. But I just, I don't have that in me. And so this week, I've decided I'm just going to meet you right where you are, right where I am. And I'm going to remind you and myself that it's okay if you are not okay. All right, that applies all the time right? It sounds hokey and stupid and corny, but I think it is so true. And for me right now, that's a deeply meaningful message that I know I need reminding of. And I'm thinking perhaps you do too. Because you know what? This is a difficult thing we're going through. Yes, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about all the ways in which this is challenging. Many of us are dealing with hard things, financial stresses, health stresses, worries and anxiety about the future and about the world at large and about what's going on in our own homes, our own marriages, our own families, our own workplaces. Many of us are struggling in many ways. We're doing really hard things. And so I don't think it's overkill. I don't think it's too much for us to continue along these lines and for us to come together here as a community at Girlfriends and remind each other, this is me reminding you and encouraging you to embrace the fact that if you are not okay, that that's all right. It's okay to admit that you're struggling. It's okay to admit that it's hard. And sometimes it's okay to admit that it's too hard and you can't do it today. I think that's a really important message for all of us to hear right now. Because like I said, many of us are dealing with hard things. One of my hard things that I dealt with not too long ago was about a week ago, uh, my sister, um, whom I'm very close to, who lived here in New England, moved across the country you know, her husband got a great job. It's all a very positive thing that was planned long before this time of quarantine. And yet here she is moving across the country. And that day that she moved, I found myself just wandering around the house, kind of 
aimlessly and occasionally crying. And I, when I examined what was going on, I realized I was just mourning the loss of my sister, of course, that who I'm very close to, and I love her so much, and I love her family, love her kids. and But I was mourning the fact that it didn't even feel like we got to say goodbye, right? Because we didn't see her in person. It's been weeks and weeks since I've seen her in person. Didn't even get to hug her goodbye when she's making this epic move across the country. It wound up leaving me feeling like, she had died. She was gone. And I didn't even get to say goodbye. And as dramatic as all of that sounds, and and I, I know I can talk myself down from there and say, no, she's not dead. You can still have a Zoom call, all of those things. And yet my feelings were very real. And that's just one of the many kinds of things that many of us are dealing with. You know, these everyday things that we deal with are on steroids inside of this time of quarantine for many different reasons. We don't have our usual comforts. We don't have our usual things that we turn to that encourage us and support us and add pleasure to our lives. We have many of those things that are denied to us during this time. So it's okay if even something that you thought you could handle and even something that at another age and stage of your life you could handle, you're not able to handle right now. It's okay to admit that. And I don't want this to be discouraging. I don't want to say, hey, let's all just you know, commiserate here in the bottom of the barrel. But I, I do want to encourage you to know that that's a normal way to feel. And I want to encourage you to be reaching out for the, the kinds of support and encouragement that you can find in your life, in your family relationships, the kinds of connections that you do have access to. We all need to be a little bit creative about the ways in which we're going to connect with people. I've been so grateful for our priests who are such good servants of us all inside of the church learning new tricks. You know, these old priests learning how to do Facebook Live, learning how to connect on a Zoom call. It's really a beautiful thing. My mom sent me a photo of her and her mother, my grandmother, living in Montreal, who is 98 years old. And the two of them connected on a Zoom call. And my mom took a photo of their pictures on the screen and sent that to us and our family. And I thought, what a beautiful thing. Thanks be to God for the beautiful gift of technology that allows this to go on. And thanks be to God for people who aren't afraid to try new ways of connecting because we need to. We need that. So in addition to having my sister move across the country, um, I've also been dealing with an issue in my extended family that I, I can't share more about, but it's been a heartbreaking, heartbreaking thing for my entire family. And I, I want to ask for your prayers, first of all, for that situation. I'm sorry to be vague about it, but it's not, it's not my story to tell. It's not my information to share, except I do beg your prayers for that. It's a very difficult and heartbreaking situation, but not being able to be with my family as we're we're facing this terrible situation, this bad news, not being able to support each other and be physically present with one another is really a difficult thing. And I know so many people are dealing with that in different ways. People are dealing with actual death inside of their families and not being able to come together and grieve and mourn and celebrate the life of their loved ones and remember their loved ones together in the physical presence of one another it's a huge loss, a huge thing that many of us are suffering. So I want to tell you that it's okay if you're not feeling great. It's okay to admit that and it's okay to admit that it's hard. And I, I think sometimes if you're if you're taking in a lot of this media, as I am, and some of it's very helpful, some of it's very encouraging, right, about how to handle the quarantine, um, 
if you're taking that in though, and you're feeling pressured to put a happy face on something that's very difficult for you, if you're feeling pressured to make the most of the quarantine, or if you're looking and saying, what's wrong with me because I'm not happily baking bread and giving thanks that my kids are schooling at home right now when I don't feel prepared to take that on. If you're wondering what's wrong with you, I'm here to tell you, nothing is wrong with you. This is a very hard thing. And it's okay to say that out loud. It's okay to admit that it's hard. That only adds to the burden that so many of us are carrying if we also feel pressured to be productive, to make the most of our quarantine. Like, what am I going to have to show at the end of this quarantine? It is okay if all you have to show is your spiritual life intact, yourself intact, your family intact, whatever it is, survival mode, getting out of this quarantine time in one piece. It's okay if that's as much as you have accomplished. It's actually an amazing thing. So keep that in mind. I I just want to encourage you to not fall prey to that temptation to be comparing yourself to other people because you can look through Instagram and people are doing great things and it's wonderful and it's encouraging and inspiring. And some, at some times that might feel very good to you to be taking those things on. It might feel very good to you to be, you know, practicing uh, worship inside of your domestic church in all the inspiring ways you see it going on on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And, but other times you might not feel up to it. It might feel overwhelming. It might feel like too much of a burden on top of everything else that you're bearing. And I want you to know that it is fine if you are not up to that task right now. It's okay. Now, I heard from a listener, and I'm not going to read her whole email because she she shared a lot of personal details what's going on in her family. But one of the questions she asked, and I wanted to address this, was, is this God's will that we are suffering this virus? So she had people in her life, and maybe you do too, who were saying, this is God punishing the earth. This is God, you know, cleansing us of all of our sins and our depravity. And the modern world has gone so far astray. God is cleansing the earth once again using this terrible virus. And um, I am here to tell you, I do not believe that is true. Is this God's will? No way. Is God smiting the earth? No Is the earth fighting back because of global warming? No, that's not what's going on here. And you may disagree. You may have a different opinion about this, but I just feel the real need to address this because um, the listener who wrote in, I know also I've talked with other girlfriends who are struggling with similar, similar thoughts, similar questions, similar anxieties about what's going on right now. Is this God doing this? This is not God's will. God allows us to suffer sometimes and he is here in it with us, but he never chooses that for us. He never does that. And he allows us to have free will. And one of the consequences of how much he loves us and wants us to be free is that we're going to sin. We're going to choose wrongly. We're going to hurt ourselves and other people. And things like a global pandemic are part of that war, part of that famine, part of that. It's not what God is doing to us. I do not believe that. And I don't want you to believe that because I think that's such a harmful way to think about God. So important, especially in a time like this, especially in a time when so many of us are struggling to recognize, first of all, God is not willing this for us. God is not doing this to us, but he is here in it. He is here with us in it. And he wants us to benefit from the ways in which we might suffer. He knows the good that can come from our suffering from offering it back to him, from engaging in it, fully embracing it, 
and loving him, turning to him inside of our suffering, growing closer to him, growing in our own holiness as a result of our suffering, he knows he can bring all of those good things out of this evil. He can do that. And he is here with us inside of this time of suffering. He is right here. And how many times do we hear that, right? When, when we're suffering, when it seems like there's nothing but evil and depravity, wherever you turn, we, sometimes people ask, where's God in this? When there's a disaster, where is God now? And that might be something that you are struggling with. I know I struggle with that sometimes, asking myself that question, where is God now? Where is he? And I want to encourage you today to spend some time really reflecting on that question, asking God that question. Where are you? If you are struggling with this, I want to invite you to bring that question to your prayer time. Ask God to show his presence to you, help you to feel how close he is to you inside of your suffering in whatever way you're suffering right now. I want to encourage you to spend time in prayer, really reflecting on that question. Where are you, God? Open my eyes to where you are. Open my heart to the ways that you are present with me, so close to me, inside of my suffering. Because our suffering, whatever form it takes, whether it's because you're suffering because of a global pandemic or you're suffering because of trials in your marriage or you're suffering financial difficulties, in whatever ways that you might be suffering or people you love might be suffering, all of those ways are an invitation from God. They are an opportunity to be connecting with God right there in the ways that we're hurting, in the ways that we find ourselves falling short, in the ways that we're afraid, in the ways that we have anxiety, in the ways that we're worrying. He's calling us to grow closer to him, to learn to trust in him inside of that very real struggle, inside of that very real pain that you might be experiencing right now. He is right here with us in it. We just had Divine Mercy Sunday. He is pouring his mercy out upon you. I know it's hard to feel that sometimes. I know it's hard to see that sometimes. One gospel story I like to reflect on, especially when I'm thinking about suffering or trying to make sense out of suffering, is Luke chapter 7, where Jesus reminds us to not weep, do not weep. So this is when he um, met the widow whose son had died, and he brings this this young man back to life. So I'm going to read this little passage to you here. This is Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. Soon afterward, he journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her and said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Isn't that beautiful? I love how our Lord approaches this woman here. First of all, here's a woman who was deeply grieving, right? Because she was a widow, and this was her only son who had died. And so, of course, back in in the day, in Jesus's time, this was not only emotionally devastating, this was just plain devastating. This was a destitute situation this woman was going to find herself in, in a time when women couldn't own property. They were entirely dependent upon the man in their lives. So as a widow, she would have been very dependent on this young man who was her son for her livelihood, for just having a roof over her head and something to eat. 
And so she was suffering in so many ways. I'm sure anxious about the future. And she wasn't thinking about Jesus. She didn't go to Jesus. She didn't seek him out. She might not have even known who he was. And yet Jesus saw her and he came to her and he approached her in her time of pain, in her time of anxiety, in her time of grief and longing and lacking. Jesus saw her. I love the words, when the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her. And, you know, we're supposed to, when we read gospel stories, we're supposed to place ourselves in them. So I want to encourage you to do that in whatever way you are suffering right now. Know that God sees you in it. He sees you and he's moved with pity for you. And he said to her, do not weep. We are all weeping. Whether this time of quarantine has been an easy one or a difficult one for you, or whether you're suffering any kind of difficulties or challenges during this time, we all weep. We are all weeping in various ways in our lives. We all experience pain, suffering, loss, anxiety. And Jesus sees us in that. And he approaches us even sometimes when we are not looking for him, even sometimes when we are blind to his presence right there before us in our moment of suffering. I bet this woman, this widow, didn't even see Jesus until he was right there speaking to her. Do not weep those simple words. And Jesus says those same words to us in whatever way you find yourself suffering. Know this, Jesus is speaking those words to you today. Do not weep. That doesn't mean your suffering is meaningless. It doesn't mean that the things you are facing are not very real challenges, are not very difficult situations, but that Jesus doesn't want it for you. He wants healing for you. He wants fulfillment. He wants to give you hope. He wants to pour out his mercy upon you and allow you to be fully healed, fully fulfilled, fully happy. He wants that kind of perfection for you, a kind of perfection that we won't know completely until the next life. We won't know unless we make it to heaven, right? We're lacking that. And in so many ways that we fall short of that perfection of that communion, that unity with God. We feel it and we are suffering and Jesus sees us inside of that. He is moved with pity for us and he says those simple words to you and he says them to me, do not weep. Whatever it is you're suffering, I want to invite you to spend some time in reflection, spend some time in prayer, just thinking about those words, picturing what our Lord would look like if he said those words to you today. Because he is saying those words to you today. Imagine what his voice would sound like. Imagine what it would be like to sit in his presence. Sit at his his feet as Mary, the sister of Martha, did. Just gazing up at him. And hear what he has to say to you. See that he's moved with pity for you and that he loves you right there where you are, where you are not okay. And that he loves you there. He's moved with pity for you. And he wants the suffering to end. Do not weep. I think that's so beautiful and so such an encouraging reminder that God is all powerful. He knows what you are suffering and he is stronger than it and he is bigger than it. Jesus is more powerful than death, more powerful than any evil we might face here on earth. He loves us and he wants to raise us from our sin, raise us from all the ways that we are suffering, bring us back to life, heal us, make us whole make all things new. I think that's such a powerful passage for us to reflect on. And during this time when you might be suffering in various ways, 
I, I had a thought recently because I was noticing things about my own behavior inside of my own struggles, inside of my own various crises that I've been facing during this time of COVID-19. I just want to encourage you to be reflective about the ways in which you are seeking comfort because it's very normal, right? When we are in these situations to be seeking comfort because we're struggling in so many ways. We're, we're lacking. We're feeling loss in so many ways. We're suffering in so many ways to be seeking comfort seeking ways of finding pleasure, finding joy, finding happiness. That's a very normal thing. So, but I want to encourage you because I have needed to be reflective about seeking comfort in things like food, alcohol, television. These are very typical things, right? Um, I, there have been all kinds of memes that are hilarious online, right? And perhaps you've seen these on social media with regard to the quarantine, um, making jokes about just how much alcohol people are drinking during this time, just how much people are overeating during this time, baking brownies and eating the entire pan, that kind of thing, just how much Netflix people are watching. And it's so hard, right? And it's so I, I get it. And I want to laugh about it too. I get it. And it's and some parts of it are funny. And some level of it is very normal. You know, one of the memes that I saw um, that really made me laugh was um, it said your alcoholic quarantine name is your first name followed by your last name. Okay, do you get it? Like, <laughs> there are all those things like your quarantine name, your whatever, your homeschooling quarantine name, and there are these goofy ways of finding a goofy name for yourself. Funny little memes, but um, this one really ugh, could probably hit pretty close to home for some people, right? Like, the whole point is your alcoholic quarantine name is you. It's you. It's actually you that's drinking too much alcohol. And, you know, that really made me pause. It made me laugh, first of all. <laughs> but then it made me pause because how many of us are, are engaging in things that are actually hurting us? And it doesn't mean you necessarily are an alcoholic, right? But maybe some people are struggling with drinking issues. Uh, my heart goes out to people who struggle with drinking issues and they aren't able to get to, you know, an AA meeting in person at this time. Or they're dealing with, you know, really strong levels of loneliness and isolation and also having to deal with addiction issues at the same time. Um, so for sure. But even beyond that, even outside of, you know, real addiction, let's be reflective about the ways in which we are seeking comfort, the ways in which we are tempted to seek comfort in some of these worldly things. Because for me, I know I need to pause, hit the pause button sometimes when I'm reaching for another plate of pasta or pouring another glass of wine while watching another episode of whatever on Netflix, right? We can all find ourselves there. And some of that is perfectly normal, can be very healthy, it can be fun, it can be a way you can relax by yourself, with your spouse, with your kids, with all of your family, whatever. I'm not saying don't do these things, but I am saying let's be reflective, let's be intentional about the ways in which we are seeking comfort and the very real temptation to seek comfort sometimes inside of these worldly things as a replacement for moments where we really should be seeking God. Are we turning to these worldly comforts when really what we're feeling is a God-sized hole in our hearts, a God-sized hole in our lives, something only he can fill? Are we throwing all of these things in there as temporary fillers and distractions when what we're really longing for, what we're really seeking is a deeper, more meaningful connection with our creator? It's important to be reflective about these things, to think these things through. And I get it. I, I 
encourage you, give yourself grace with regard to these things. I'm not saying this for anybody to be beating themselves up because they wasted yet another evening watching Netflix or, or whatever it is. Give yourself grace, but be watchful for those triggers. What is it that's going on in your life? What stressors are you feeling? And you're immediately reaching for that whatever it is, worldly comfort, that, to numb yourself, to distract yourself. What are you really looking for? And I'm going to encourage you to realize that the answer is God. We want God. We need God. We are suffering. We are anxious. We are unfulfilled. We are wandering around our homes aimlessly, randomly crying tears, as I was last week, sometimes because we need God. Because we're not fulfilled. This life is not perfect. We are experiencing that lack of connection with our Creator. So, I'm not saying every time that (laughs) you want Netflix or a glass of wine or whatever that you need to then go into um, a a long prayer time or something like that. But maybe consider that not, you know, consider that that trigger, whatever it is that's stressing you and you find yourself reaching for whatever your thing is. um, Maybe that is a trigger that you should be listening to that's telling you to turn to God inside of that need. I just want to encourage you to think about that because the fact that we're turning to these worldly things is very human. It's very normal. But if we just keep diving deeper and deeper into them, it's going to be, it's going to be harder to realize what that, what that lack is that we're feeling. And we're not going to be fulfilled. Netflix will never fulfill you. That extra glass of wine, never going to make you whole. Never going to give you lasting peace and joy. The way that we're meant to find lasting peace and joy in our Lord, our Creator, our God in connection with him. So I want to encourage you to think about that. Where are you feeling that gap in your life? Where are you feeling that lack? Where are you struggling? And what are you tempted to turn to in place of God? Just be a little bit reflective about that. I want to invite you to spend some time thinking about that this week. So I don't really have anything that profound for you this week. I just really want you to know that in whatever way you are struggling, I am here in that struggle with you. I am praying for you. I am praying that you will know God's love, peace, and healing. That God wants you to be fulfilled, happy, satisfied, healed, and at peace. One last uh, gospel passage I want to share with you before I wrap up here is it's a challenge. It was a challenge to me when we heard it about a week and a half ago. Um, And it's an ongoing challenge for me where Jesus asks us if we believe. So um, this is John chapter 11, verses 21 to 25 that I'm going to share with you here. So this was when Lazarus had died and Jesus is showing up, right? And people are, are weeping and mourning. And it says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? For me, that is such a powerfully convicting passage in the gospel stories. Because like I said, we are meant to place ourselves inside of these stories. So place yourself in this story. Imagine Jesus saying this to you. Imagine Jesus saying to you in your presence with his voice, saying, 
I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is asking us, inside of whatever ways we are struggling, whatever challenges we are facing, whatever sorrows we are experiencing, Jesus is coming to us and asking if we believe. Do we believe that he is the resurrection and the life? Do we believe this? All of these ways that we are suffering are ways that Jesus is asking us that. Every time we might suffer anything is an opportunity to hear inside of that sacrifice, inside of that pain, inside of that sorrow, anxiety, inside of that struggle is Jesus asking us this question, do you believe? And we get to answer, do you believe this? So wherever you are in this time of COVID-19 and the quarantine, wherever this time finds you, whatever struggles you're facing, whatever anxieties you might be suffering and whatever is weighing you down, I want you to know that I am here with you in it. But more importantly than that, God is with you in it. I want to invite you to reflect on this passage from John and to know that Jesus is speaking to you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I want to thank you for being here with me today. All the ways that we connect here through the podcast and through our Facebook group are really meaningful and important to me, especially during this time of disconnect, during this time of isolation, during this time of social distancing. It becomes all the more meaningful that you show up here and that you are a part of the Girlfriends community. I want to ask you to pray for me and know that I am praying for you. Every time I sit down to record the podcast and times outside of recording the podcast, I am praying for those who listen to the podcast. So if you are listening right now, you have been prayed for and you will continue to be prayed for. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 